1: Hi, everybody. It's Marcia Cook, and uh, we're going to have a great show today. And um, for those of you that, you know, I had mentioned this last time I was going to do more news and maybe some political-type shows. I don't know if I'm going to go that route because for those of you that have heard the show that I did it, it, was, it went a little overboard, and I had a, in the middle of it change it to PJ, PG-13 <laughs> because it went. it actually should have been probably private type because it was a little bizarre but it was they everybody had some good points and so I let everybody talk because that's what I do but I don't know if I'll be doing that again because it was touch and go <laughs> and so I'm not sure so I'm back to doing you know basic shows like I did before and um I do want to say something about you know the covid that I'm hoping that they will figure out what exactly they can do so we do not have so many people's lives lost. Um, I don't know if anybody knows I was – I've mentioned this a few times that I did work in the medical field for years, and uh, it's a hard thing to figure out with the cultures and to get it right. So it is difficult, but I I just think we need testing, and I'm hoping that pretty soon – it. We can have some uniformity because it is difficult. I mean, I, there are certain people here that probably were in shelter in. I'm in a shelter in. And I, we've survived it. And, uh, not easy. you know, it, when you think about it, it's not an easy thing to do. But we've done it in Chicago and um, Texas has done it and there's other states that have done it and we're surviving it. So I'm hoping and praying that for the people that are sick, that they get better soon, and hopefully they will figure out who is immune and who isn't. But it is difficult, you know. But I do think we need testing, and I'm hoping that the next time I do a show, which will probably be in a week or so, that maybe they'll have more testing. And I think that will help and we'll all feel better. But right now we're going to have an interesting, fun conversation. And this is – I have, you know, several guests on. Um, But I wanted to say one more thing. Bennett Pomeranz will be coming back to the network, and he will be starting in May. And I have a show with him next week, and we'll be discussing some of the things he's going to do. And um, also for the children's authors out there, I'm working on something where – you can get some promotion that isn 't that expensive because I think for children 's authors, which everybody knows that i that 's one of my things, is that I really want them to get out there and it 's really difficult so I will be just o and p uh, they are people that uh, do my p r and they 're going to be coming up with some children 's programs because it 's really difficult to advertise for children's books it, it it just seems to be hard to do i mean i do mine and i send it out all over the place but i think there's so many children's writers out there that need a little help and for those authors uh, i think well well we're going to talk about this a little more but when april comes on she's going to be talking about dlg publishing and she works really hard i met her years ago and uh she was on a show and um She's done a great job. She has some really good authors who we're going to meet. And, you know, when when you get picked up by a publisher, you still have to do PR. And everybody knows how I feel about it. I don't love it, but I do it. And I do a lot of it, and I have other people doing it too. You can never do enough because it's hard. And I just want for the new authors out there that are listening that it is difficult to sell books now. You know, so just keep hanging in there. And, A lot of us that are writing books, we all know that it's not the, you know, you don't make the most money of any, you're not making a huge amount of money a lot of times, but enjoy what you do and have fun doing it. And the best thing is when someone reads your book and they talk to you about it, it's the best feeling ever. So you just want your book out there. So if you need extra help, there are places out there. If anybody needs other people, you know, some people would like to know where to go i, I use the omp and so i think that when you can get inexpensive marketing you need to do it along with publishing because it's no matter who your publisher is they never do as much as you need so that's all for that and i'm going to introduce april and she's going to talk a little bit about what she does and then we're going to have the authors that she's introduced me to today and then we'll all talk Hi, April. How you doing?
2: I'm doing very well. Thank you. And Martin I'm here to yeah. which <laughs> is my name. my name is Michelle De La Garza. My husband and I co-own DLG Publishing Partners. We in, we set up that LLC. 2018 began to open the doors during October of 2018, began to take submissions, It took us a while to go through some of the content. We started releasing our first bodies of work the end of 2019 and have slated about 30 more releases to take place during 2020. Today, the house actually has Melissa um, Riddell, who also writes as Nina Ray um, on the show, along with Kathleen Byron Esselt. Kristen T. De La Garza, Jay Davis, and of course myself. And I know, Marcia, as this goes on, you're going, I know that the authors will be able to introduce themselves. Yes, so if yes. anybody has any questions about the publishing industry, or if you do, Marcia, um, please ask away. Again, we are a small publishing house, but it's just kind of beginning to get our legs under us and move forward with publishing body support.
1: You're doing a great job. We have some really good authors. And so, all right, so we should, should we start this now? All right, so I think we'll have Jay Davis. Hi, Jay Davis. <laughs> Jay Davis. Okay, how Hi. are you?
3: I'm doing good. How are I, you?
1: Good. And I, you know, I'd like you to tell a little bit about yourself. And I know you have a different story than some of the others. So I'd like you to talk about why you started this while you're discussing who you are.
3: Sure. Um, So, again, my name is Josh Weiderman. I go by Jay Davis. That's my pen name. Um, I've I've been in education for 10 years. Uh, The last two years, I've been an academic coach. But for the previous eight, I was an eighth grade language arts teacher. And I found there was a trend. Um, The fourth quarter for students was just a drag. It was tough. Uh, Testing was over. And there was this, like, five-week lull before... Uh, summer, and they had their eyes on summer. So I thought if I could write something engaging, something outside of the textbook, maybe I could keep their interest. So I began this story, uh, Boxed In, in hopes that I could grab their attention. And it really inspired me because as the years progressed, I got input from my students uh, in the projects they turned in at the the end of the year. It really just made me feel like the book was something that could be publishable, um, and it's not... It would have never happened without my students, so I'm eternally grateful for them. Oh, that's great. That's terrific. I mean, you know, listen,
1: I, and now more than ever, you know, students and teachers, you know, they need to really share different ways of learning now. It's going to be a little difficult out there for kids, and so I think sounding like what that, – that's a great idea that you did. I mean, because then, you know, engaging kids in reading and writing is – this is one of the reasons I do the show, because I think it's important that people start very, you know, not people, but even the little kids start young, and then you keep going on, because I'm sure almost everybody here read books when they were kids, and then they became writers after that. So um, your kids, are they proud? I mean, you don't get to see them now, right, because you're not in school, or are you in the uh, school? No, well, many
3: of well many many of uh, the students who read Boxed In, um, you know, have moved on. I mean I worked in a middle school. And they've so moved on. They've all yeah. they've all moved on. But it's it's amazing to get emails from students, you know, from five, six years ago saying, Mr. Widerman, did you ever publish your book? You know, did you help me so much? I mean that's why, you know, you that's why you do it as an educator. But we obviously don't get paid a whole lot, but uh, yeah. You don't do it for money. You don't get into education for money. You get into education to help the youth because the youth is the future. That's how I've always looked yes, at it. Yes,
1: I agree. Yeah, I I totally agree on that. And so yeah, I know. I, that's really nice that you know. And that's one of the good things about you know the internet now is that after the students are gone, you can keep in touch with them. And when they see your project, you know they know they know what you've done. So because sometimes when you graduated or moved on, you don't know what people. You know, do, but in your case, they do now. So that's like a good thing. So that's right. exciting. And you'll continue to write, I'm sure, right?
3: Oh, of course. And yeah, yes. a is about to be released. It'll be released tomorrow. And yes. I'm currently working on the sequel now.
1: There you go. That's really good. All right. So let's see. All right. And we're going to go. All right. Um, Nina, you want to talk about? You got this is a new book that's coming out also. You have, right? Yeah.
4: Hey, Marsha. Um, my Hi. name is Melissa Riddell. <laughs> Uh, my pen name uh, for this book was uh, is Mina Ray. Um, it's a paranormal fantasy romance um, for the Twisted Line for DLG Publishing. Um, but it was just a blast to write something a little different than what I used my first You want to just a, to say what a Twisted sci-fi. Fairy
1: Tale is for some people that don't know what Twisted Fairy Tale might be? You know,
4: sure. It's you? basically yeah, okay. um, we take a fairy tale and the twist it, it, we give it a modern day twist. So, you know, it's the same fairy tale, but it's written in the modern day.
2: So, Melissa, what fairy tale did you twist for Selsha? I twisted
4: The Princess and the Pea because when I was probably about in second grade, for some reason um, our teacher read that story out loud to the class, and it just really stuck with me because I just couldn't imagine this girl laying on 30 mattresses and not in feeling a pee, you know just one of those stories that stuck in my mind so when this opportunity came up with DLG um I ran with it and it's real and it's releasing tomorrow also it's called Sasha Shepherd Nanette and, and the Dark Knight and you
1: have other things you have other projects too that you do so do you want to talk about that just yes. for a minute so then
4: sure um, I've already, um, under Melissa Riddell, um, I have The Descendant That came out in November And then um, the it's a trilogy It's the, it's the Balton trilogy um, The follow-up to that one Is hopefully coming out sometime this summer um, And then the third um, Is going to be releasing Later this year
0: So you're a busy bee <laughs> You're very busy Yeah,
1: <laughs> Definitely. Okay. yeah. And Kristen
2: Hello, I'm Hi. Kristen Del uh, Right now, I'm working on a sequel to my first poetry collection, Drain the Graphite. For anyone that's not aware, I'm a published poet. Uh, my poetry is oftentimes inspired by my own life events. And mm-hmm. the way I tend to get inspiration is via listening to music it'll often spark memories for me and that's how i end up with those you know life events that i base my poems
1: off
0: of oh that's good and that's beautiful
1: yeah it's and listen it's it's hard and i'm going to have kathleen talk too it is hard to um you know people that love poetry love poetry and it's really hard to try to publish poetry because sometimes people, that's not what a lot of a lot of people just go, I don't read poetry. And it's unfortunate. And so I'm glad that, uh, you know, I'm having two authors here now that do poetry because, you know, it's a beautiful poetry. And, you know, and I think that people are missing a lot sometimes when they're you know, not paying attention to other forms. It, that goes along with other forms of writing also, which we can always talk about that later. But, you know, sometimes people say, oh, I don't want to read this, I don't want to read that. You know, and a lot of times I've mentioned this when I have a whole group of authors, and they're, they're so much fun. And then the people go like, oh, I don't, you know, a lot of people say, like I don't, Want to read horror, but it horror is like dark fiction a lot of times. So I think people. One of the reasons I do this show for all these years is to introduce people to all different types. And the basic basic thing that writers do is we write. So that's why sometimes I mix it up a little with different kinds of writers, you know. And so I'm. I think that this show has a lot of different types of genres. So also, is there is that you want to say anything else,
2: Kristen or? There's quite a lot I could say about my poetry and the process actually went into constructing each of my poems. The issue is where would I start and end? Uh, I do have a few new projects that I'm wanting to start working on, so I could delve into that for a little bit, if you don't mind. No, sure. Uh, So... Like I was mentioning, I am wanting to start on the sequel to my first poetry collection. And what I plan to do is to take the themes from my poems and spin them into the, you know, main themes behind short stories that go into the second book. So the second book will be a short story collection that where each short story is based on the points in the first book. Uh, It's interesting to work on because I don't want them to be snippets of my own life, so I'll have to morph the stories into brand-new settings and themes, but it's a writing adventure I'm excited to work on. So now from a publishing standpoint, working with Kristen, who is actually a young author, Um, she wrote her first poetry book at the age of 23. She is working on her second at the age of 24, Working with her and seeing that she does take a twist on some of more of the classic poetry and brings it into a modern-day setting, Uh, it it offers a nice glimpse into it, and then whereas Kathleen takes some of that classic fill of what I love in poetry, I mean, both of them write some beautiful sonnets and beautiful bodies of work, and they go about it so different which is so lovely to read to see how different poets write in oh the yeah same genre.
1: that's that, that is very interesting it really is you know because uh with poetry people really have their own style
2: yes and it's highly
1: personal i'm sure yeah. kathleen can that. yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna introduce kathleen then okay kathleen hi how are you nice to have you on
5: Oh, hi, Marcia. How are you? And uh, I'm thank good. You, so I, you know, I have to apologize. I on. saw
1: a message. I saw a message from you that I did not. I think it, I got it a couple months ago, and I usually see all my messages. You know, and I didn't see that one yesterday when I was saying hello to you. I said, "Oh my God, I didn't see that message." So I am sorry. So I tell everybody
5: what you do now. Then, sorry. Um, well, I, I do write poetry, and I also have a novel coming out through DLG um, this year at some point. But I want to first give a big shout-out to Michelle and her team. They, um, If it were not for Michelle, um, seeing the work that I had submitted, uh, I, I wouldn't be on the show. I wouldn't be talking to all of you. And the poetry that I wrote, the book that's published, uh, which is called Fans of Centuries World by My Side uh, is poetry that I wrote back in the 90s when I was in my late 20s and I was in New York City living on my own. I'd moved from Boston to the West Village. And shortly after my grandmother passed away, she was absolutely one of my favorite people in the world. uh, Poetry just started flooding into my mind, and in this, uh, as Michelle's alluding to, in this old English the language, a lot of these and bows, and, and it just, for a period of time, was so prolific. I could barely keep up with what was coming into my mind and writing it down, and then life just kind of went on, and I put the poetry aside. I had a family. I have two amazing kids. I'm home in Massachusetts with my spouse, and I had quite a significant accident that caused me to take a gigantic time out on life and I decided to uh read through my old manuscripts and I was like, Oh my god, wow. that's me. Yeah. I wrote that. Uh, yeah. and so yeah. I decided to put it together and send it off.
1: Sometimes that is what happens when you read your own things a little later and you go like, Who wrote that? Was that me? I mean, you know, it doesn't you know, it's I think when we write we write sometimes differently one year to the next. You know, uh, and then sometimes when you look back, it's like you, you want to try to figure out what mood you were in when you actually thought of that. You know, and and sometimes you just it just comes back some of it. You know, because I know notice that with my writing, if I've written something and I'm trying to add on to something, I'll 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 think oh this is a great idea, and then I look and then I go like oh my god, and the next page if I turn it over something I wrote it's the same thing, and I, our mind must. You know, I don't know about everybody's mind. We don't want to know about mine because I just sometimes you don't know where things come from, and that's one of the reasons writers. It's always so interesting to listen to what they say. You know, because you just never know where it's coming next.
5: Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And one of uh, one thing that was interesting, it came back. The poetry, the same style, came back when I started writing again. Not quite as yeah. intense with the old English, but very similar.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I wonder how that. Is. I I don't know the answer to that, but it is strange how that is. <laughs> I don't know either. I know. Does anybody have that? Does anybody else have that, where they wrote something and then they thought, oh, I you know, they didn't do it for a while, and then they look back and then they go like, oh, my God, I did write that. Anybody or no? No, nope. yeah. Oh, I, I after,
2: after
0: Yeah. Yeah. I agree with things I no longer agree with. <laughs> well, okay. Oh, well, right.
1: <laughs> well, you know, I, I, you know, in this show, you know, like everybody has – I just wanted to ask a question because everybody – you know, not everybody, but, you know, writing in a different genre and writing in different, you know, pen names, uh, you know, it does get difficult. I mean, I found that was difficult. That's why I ended up just being me, you know, but I still, you know, and then actually – the other day I said, oh, you know what, I don't think I want to be me anymore. I want to write something else, you know. And and so I think that I, how does everybody feel about that, you know, um, doing like a different genre with a different name, like uh, April, you've done, you know. So what, how do you feel about that when you know an author writes one way and then they try to do another for you? And they might not either do it well or they could really be good at it.
2: I think that well, I, um, right. I, it's, oh, I have a funny no.
5: little story. Um, I have two Facebook accounts. I have a Kathleen Byron Etzel Facebook account, oh. <laughs> and then I have a Kate Etzel account, and I message with um, Michelle on both of those accounts, and the Kathleen Byron Etzel is more the poetry, and the Kate is more me, and I have lots of funny little stories, and I'm, I'm in the midst of doing a Twisted Tale as well, and Michelle's been wonderful about uh, prodding me to do it. So... She, on my two different accounts, she said, when I was messaging to her on the Kate account, she said, Kate, tell Kathleen to start writing her twisted tale.
1: <laughs> right. <laughs> I know. You know, <laughs> my I, listen, personality. for me, uh, like April knows that. I mean, I just, it, I hit her a few times and I'm going like, where's Michelle? And she said, that's me. And I go like, oh, my God. You know, and then I did the same thing now to Melissa. Which I knew, you know, but, you know, I tried to know people by the name that I recognize what I'm Facebooking, that, you know, on them. Because otherwise, I totally, because, you know, I've had, April's been on a show with me where I've had like nine authors with Naughty, I think you yeah. remember that, <laughs> nine people. You know, or, or you know, and that gets difficult. And I, you know, and I would like to know everybody. You know, and so that's who's on my show. You know, and so and I want to remember them because I have them back again. And but when people do switch names, sometimes in my head, I just keep it at that name. You know, so anyway, right, I wanted to ask, um, can I call you Joshua or Josh? Can I what? What can I call you? instead of JJ. Uh, you can
3: call me Josh, Joshua. Okay, Jay. good. All right, that'll
1: fit. <laughs> that works. <laughs> that works. Okay. Okay. Um, how do you feel about, you know, different names going like in well, another genre? I, Let's say you were going to.
3: Well, I only have uh, one book that's not right. yet released coming out tomorrow. So I, I, never, I never attempted another book under a different name. I chose my name as an homage to my mother, her maiden name is Davis. That's why I chose Jay oh. Davis. I just, I just thought it was more marketable than Josh Weiderman. I'm, I'm not sure. Um, so I, I'm not sure how to answer your question there, but.
2: Um, well, that's a good thing. I, you know, I,
3: honestly, I I'll tell name. you,
1: I actually under, I actually do understand that because I always wrote under Max Irving. Max was my grandfather's name and Irving was my father's name. And so I did, I do get that, you know, and, I referred to certain things in my head because, you know, as Max Irving, I did my screenplays, I've done screenplays, and they were all under that name, and uh, when I got optioned for one, uh, I had to come clean and say who I was because you can't sign a contract with another name, so it was from lifetime years ago. It never got made, but just the same, then I realized I have to be me sometimes, you know and, uh, but I, I I know, I, I understand it, because Casper is my maiden name, and I mentioned that before, you know, and I intended on dropping it, but now that, since I've done all this, and everybody looks me up the same way, I can't seem to and get rid of that, so if I I always, I do like writing in other names though, I have to admit, it was a lot well, of fun, because I, it for me, it's hard sometimes to It took me a lot of years to kind of, if I wrote something sexier, to make it be my name. So I started out writing it in another name. So I think, but I'm over that. I should be. I should be. (laughs) You know, but I still have issues sometimes. But
2: I, you know, but because
1: I do the show, it was easier for me to just use my name. But I actually do like when people, you know, try different names. But it, it is hard for me when I'm on the show to try to figure out who's who sometimes, you know, because I know them as one way, you know. So, Marsha, so, from um, an yeah. author's
2: standpoint, the reason why you would want to use a different pen name is, say, you write children's stories. So yes. how would your reader base still, if you wrote maybe chapter books? Oh, you're right. They hate
1: it. They, yeah. I, they, I, you're, you're absolutely right because there were schools that won't take me you know, uh, because I have written sexier books. And that is totally bizarre. I worked in a pediatric office for years with kids, okay? Kids are not going to be looking up my website, you know, and I don't have anything that unusual on my website. But, you know, I think that But that does, that is a problem. It's a huge problem, you know, and I decided just That's to put that. one website now. It, 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 you're right about that because there is a market out there that will not read you know, my, they won't let kids look at my book because I've written erotic books. And, I'm not, you know, this is how it is, I, you know, and that's a shame because there's nothing to do with me. And so that's one of the things that, you know, when people do write erotic stories or books, this is not the person. This is the character, you know. And so along the way when people are writing, I mean, a lot of you, are, like you're saying, Jess, you know, this is a first book. You know, we don't know what we're going to do. You know, and it is unfortunate that people, it took me a long time when I was writing all my screenplays, that's why I wrote it under Max Irving, to be a woman writer. Because I I thought that, you know, in the movie, well, it, it was at that time, the movies, you know, mostly would predominant with a male figure, not female. Right. You know, as your yeah. main character. So, I, But I think it's, in a lot of ways it is. But now, you know, I think the type of book, you have Josh. It's possible that that is a movie type for. It's a male-oriented movie type for. I think that that's something that they look for a lot.
3: Still. Well, it's, it's certainly it's a violent, gritty, uh, fast-paced, a lot of people die kind of book. Uh, and but 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 the reason I wrote it again, going back to school, was I wanted to have my students be able to decipher a theme and, and what happens in the book. Yeah. Uh, the entire the entire way the book goes is these characters keep having to make decisions, and these decisions have consequences. And each decision one character makes impacts all the others. And so the idea behind it was to build a theme of you know you really need to make make sure that you understand the situation you're in and what you're doing. Because again, I wrote this originally for fourteen year old kids, and that the idea was. Yeah understand that everything you do on a daily basis is going to be a predictor for what happens later on in your life. Yeah. Yeah. Which so, is, well, which is Joshua,
2: true, right? Yeah. Joshua, on the novel that you wrote under Jay Davis, I know that when you originally started writing that with a class of middle schoolers, it was a completely different body back then versus what it has evolved in today. I know that during, the time that the students were reading it it was very much pg13 today it is more of a reading um, content for 18 and up so that's another distinction say say joshua you say you want to write something more in middle grade or high school for young adults and you want to keep it you know keep that nitty gritty violence and adult content out of it you could Definitely use your actual name or another pen name. That way, your middle school students would know that under a different pen name, those would be clean and be read for their specific um, age level, and parents would be able to distinguish that as well. So the parents may um, the parents would be reading your Jay Davis work, whereas your young adults, um, maybe some new adults and middle grade, would read. Other work pinned under a different pin name, which would ensure some confidence among your um, readers who are parents. So I could definitely see a need for using different pin names whenever it comes to the different yeah. content. Yeah. As uh, Kristen had mentioned, that kids can go out on a website. What were you saying about that, Kristen? I was saying that kids, especially in the middle school range or the upper elementary range, are able to go on Amazon. And if you're using the same name for your adult books and kids books, they can click your author link and find all of your content. And if you yeah. under the same name, I mean, kids of that age range are able to find adult books. And I mean, a curious kid may look at some of the adult books or things of that sort, but they're likely to be filtered as well if their parents filter the content that they have access to. Uh, But again, personally, I suggest Using different pen names for adult content and kids' content if you're writing for that specifically, but I also get the other
1: side of it. So yeah. yeah, it is hard. It is hard, you know. And you know, I use Fidelity Publishing, and we've done a lot. And I've changed names, changed covers, and you know, it is very difficult that way. And you know, um, because it is hard, and you know, i change changed titles sometimes. But it is, you know, I still, for me, if I change the name of something, I still sometimes. Call it the same name because it's in my head that way, you know of the title, so I think you know it is difficult. there's so many things that are difficult. there's one thing I wanted to ask April because this is something that comes up all the time. You know, I noticed on your Kindle books they're not like dollar ninety nine or think it was three ninety nine four ninety nine and i I'm wondering how you feel about this because it is most of the time a lot of authors lately are giving their books away me included but i always feel like you know especially like on smashwords and things like that where they now have something for free books because everybody's off you know and you want people to be reading more and so my publisher like she suggested that don't do it just free you know but um I think there's a problem with sometimes people aren't wanting to even pay $2 for a Kindle book, and I feel like all the work that all these authors go to, and somebody, I didn't say this, but I repeat this a lot, that people say they go and buy a coffee for $5, and they won't buy a book on a Kindle for like $4. So what's your opinion and, and reason for you to do what you did? Because it, it, it makes sense. maybe not give it away
2: so the reason why let's take Josh Davis's novel for instance or even um, the novel that's coming out tomorrow for Mina Ray yeah both of those bodies are priced those authors put a lot of time and a lot of work into those bodies of work and it's not they didn't just sit down and write it and then they were done with it in a few weeks they went through extensive editing which actually takes longer than physically writing the book. So wow. it, it wasn't pretty hours that they put into it. It was multiple hours. So there's two caveats to the prize. Both Joshua and Nina's book, books are under the um, KDP Kindle Select, which allows readers to go in and pull it up with on their Kindle product. So as long as yeah. they have Kindle Unlimited, which Amazon is actually offering two months for free to be able yeah, to reach that. Yeah, that's what you said, and that's a good thing.
1: That's good. Unlimited. That's very good. And
2: yeah. Right, and they they actually are paid on the serialized pages read. I keep the unit price there because not everybody has Kindle Unlimited or wants to invest in that product, but they will buy, yeah. you know, the unit sells. Yeah. So the way I look
1: at
2: it is There are some people who look for advanced reader copies, ARCs, and there are street teams of these individuals, and you see a lot of them on Facebook. And I know Mina has offered through a COVID relief program on Facebook, she she and Kathleen have both offered ARCs of their manuscripts to readers who reach out to them and provide their Kindle email address or a regular email address, and BLG publishing partners will send them an ARC to be able to read the content. Now, we do see cells, so I'm not going to take that dollar value and take it down from that $4.99 and begin to, Push it down to ninety nine cents or free because these authors worked really hard. I know. I, I, I noticed that you did it. That. That. That's why I'm
1: asking that because I think it's it's really you know I I mean you know I know that I should not do what I did you know but I because you know I think it it's re, it is hard and it does take time to write a book and you know I'm in charge of my own decisions and a lot of people are. And maybe we all are making the wrong decisions because – you, you, you're you absolutely right because it takes so long and it's hard to write. And when you're constantly giving everything free, I mean, it's really very sad. And that's why I mentioned at the beginning that people, even if they have publishers, they still need to do extra PR that's not expensive. And that's why I use other people to do it that really isn't. Some of it's like $10 a month and they just put banners out because the publisher cannot expect cannot be expected to do all this. It's just too much work. I mean, it really is a lot of work. I don't think people understand, you know, being a publisher, how hard it is. You know, I had thought of it years ago because I was a literary agent also with the Guild, and I had so many good authors, and I thought, well, maybe I should just have a publishing company, but then I decided against it because I actually want to write more, you know, and I didn't want to do that. But I do, you know, there's so many people out there that are working so hard on their books and and to – keep giving everything free, it's, you know, it's really kind of sad, you know, and it's, and authors unfortunately don't make what people think they make.
2: They don't, and that is a huge misconception, so definitely. Now, one of the things you have That's why I I wanted to ask
1: it, because I think it's important, because you're on the show with them, and that's, you know, and you make that decision, and I think it's a good one, you know, because you just stick to it.
2: Now, you also have to be very careful when you are on Amazon or any other platform and you take your body of work to a zero charge. If that is not some type of a promotion and you take it to a free product, say you're on draft digital or Spark or yep. any other you know distributor that's out there and you are giving your body of work for free, when you go to actually increase that body to – Say 2.99, 3.99, 4.99, and up. Amazon could ding you, and so could some of those other distributors by saying, "Hey, it, you know, you had it free. It looked like a perma-free. Have you made changes to it? What changes are perpetuating you now charging for that body of work that you made free for X amount of months? So then you yeah. have to go back and explain why you are going from a free." Body of work that looks like a perma free to a chargeable product, and you yep. could have a little, you know, fight on your hands trying to get that body of work back up in price. So, I'd be very careful about keeping it down to that level. Yep. You know, yeah, you know,
1: yeah, I know. I, I, of, I know this it's is true, but I, now. you know, you kind of feel like, you know, that because of what's going on, I know there are so many people home, and you know, that maybe you know, they just would like to read some books, and they really are. You know, having a hard time paying their bills, so you you know they're not going to be spending extra money. But I do see the other side of it because that is true, and Amazon does make those kind of decisions later on. You know, I mean, there's all everything changes. I've been doing this for so many years that everything does change. You know, but you know, authors, I don't know what's going to happen now because people can't make, you know, can't have book signings like they did or go to libraries or it's going to be difficult now. It really
2: is. You know. Kristen had mentioned, you know, with with taking a body of work and making it free, you know, maybe because of what's happening in the world today with the pandemic, her suggestion, within the book description, write down something. Type something up that says, you know, made free temporarily due to the COVID relief yeah, initiative. Yeah, yeah, that, that's what Smash yeah, did. did. Josh, how do you
1: feel about, you know, what's going, I mean, what authors should do? You're know, new at this, but you have a feeling probably of how you feel about this.
3: Well, I mean, I'll just, I'll be incredibly honest with you. I, I wrote this book. Uh, I never thought it would become published. And now that it's being published, uh, I definitely want to see that what I've worked toward is, going to pay off in some respect i mean i don't want to be greedy but i didn't write it for free i didn't go through a year of editing for it to be free right um right. again it's a four dollars and 99 cents if you can get three four or five hours of entertainment out of it it's i don't see the problem i think it's i think you're helping a, you know you're helping someone who's trying to who's trying to give you a product that is that's respectable that's entertaining right yes uh, if good. you give, if you yeah. give away a free if you if you go to work and you want to work for free that's your prerogative but that's not something i want to do maybe i'm being right. crass no. but that's just the truth of it
1: no i you know i look at i I'm, the reason i'm asking that is because i noticed that and i think that you know i do agree on that point that april was saying also all the hard work people put into books uh melissa do you have a feeling on that
4: yeah, I mean, I agree with Josh. And um, we put a lot of work in these, and not just yep. that, but you know, for the value, you know. Okay, I'm gonna be honest too. So let's no, say yeah. you come across a book that's free or 99 cents, and the amount of work wasn't put into it, as yes. opposed to a book that's 2.99, 3.99, 4.99. Yeah. I mean, are you really getting a good value if you didn't enjoy the book, or if it wasn't something you know that was Along your taste,
1: yeah. I, you know, I just think, you know, I, I I do think, you know, what has happened now in this publishing world is that people really do uh, want things free, and I I'm not sure that I actually think this is good because of what you're saying. You know, Kathleen, you apparently you want to say anything about that too, or?
5: Oh, sure. Absolutely. I think um, uh, with the poetry book that I'm writing, my hope for the poetry book, and I can see this happening when I do my own promotions on Facebook and Instagram, that there are quite a number of people that uh, clearly are inspired by the particular stanza that I have put out. They're sharing it, they're saving it. So I know that they value it. And when we write, there's, you know, there's a value. It's a, it's almost a roller coaster ride when you're looking at your sales chart on uh, out on Amazon, they have the author central It goes up, it goes down, it goes up, and I looked today and it was like, "Whoa, it just went way up what happened what What did I do So people are buying it and Michelle had done this wonderful thing where she, through book funnel, had offered our books to the um frontline workers, and I think that is a wonderful. Yeah offering. However yes. there are quite a number of people, you know, who are very, very fortunate uh who are still working, people who are able to right. work from home and are able to afford things right. so I right. think right. you know, that it's it's a value and I think as Josh said it's not to be greedy, but you know, you put your um full effort out there. This is your you know, for me it was very heartfelt. And for the other books coming out, I certainly hope that Um, Not only with good reviews, but that there is associated with that um, a monetary um, benefit. You know, a monetary gain in the sense of it equals, you know, if somebody is willing to pay for your book, that means they really value you. Yeah,
2: so
1: case, I, I, I think, yeah, yeah this is interesting because I've not really asked that question too much. You know, we've talked about different things, you know, with box sets for books and things like that over the years. But I just, you know, it just come, came to my mind today because I am looking. I was out there looking at all different kinds of books, and I, I know how hard this is, and I know how hard I work, too. And so I think that uh, I agree, you know, that, um yeah. I do. So,
2: so what I would like to add to that, to the caveat of what Kathleen said about the work and time put into it, and I know that both uh, Melissa and Joshua alluded to that as well, as, and Kristen sitting across the table from me, also say that the amount of work that an individual puts into a book, you know, that this is their job, you know, this is their nine-to-five job, they do this all day long, and, you know, there are many of them, like Joshua has a job where he works in the education system. Melissa works full-time as well. So it's not just one job that these individuals have. They work two right. jobs. This is an actual job for them. So one of the things that, that they have done for individuals who may not be able to purchase the book is actually offer it through different initiatives to help people acquire reads through, like, a COVID um, uh, relief. Well, yeah, initiative. And like you Kristen, this the Kristen, Kristen
1: is there something you wanted to add to that also? Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, there is something I'd like to add. I consider sure. books a form of entertainment. And I think people often expect to get media and entertainment for free. Yeah. For instance, if you're yeah. listening to music, people will get on YouTube, will listen to music videos, and, you know, as long as they have internet connection and that type of thing set up, they can listen to music for free. Uh, and when you think about it, though, in order for those artists to keep putting out music, they do need to make money to continue putting out those videos, to continue producing their songs. Uh, and it is more or less the same for authors. For us to keep yeah. writing, and especially for yeah. yeah. authors that are very, uh, you know, prolific authors, they need to actually make money off of their books to keep writing. Uh, if you're not making yeah. any profit off of your work, then it's hard to keep writing as a full-time job. Now, I will say for myself, I do write, but I'm not as prolific as some other writers. I tend to be a very slow writer. Uh I did well, that's all, that a lot of people
1: are a lot believe me there's a lot of people that are that's not you know i mean i this is a this is one of the things that happens when you're on a show like i am i question i go my to myself a lot of times too because I say, How do these people write like twenty books in a year? I just don't understand it, and they do, but i don't you know, and uh so I think that the quality and um Like Josh was saying, too, this was, you know, took years to get it the right way. And, you know, and all of us out here know that. So I think that, you know, that is a problem because people do expect, sometimes they go like, well, when is the next book? I mean, it's hard. It's not that easy to put out good work. It is. And carefully thought out work instead of just saying, oh, I think I'll just make this, you know, put the story out. And, you know, obviously we all know that sometimes those stories do really well. There's no answer to that, you know. Um, It just happens. But, you know, as authors, you just have to do the best that you can and be happy with your project. At the end of the day, when the project is done and it's out there, like I said at the beginning, when someone reads your book and really likes it and, and talks about your characters as if they're people, it Really makes authors feel great. And I I think that's what we're all trying to do is when someone reads our book, think it's a good book. You know, I I mean, to me. Is there any question that anybody wants to ask anybody else? Because we're not in the same room. I know, I I don't know. Uh, April, were you expecting anybody else to come on? Because there's a caller, but I didn't answer because sometimes I never know what would, you know, I don't want any crazy calls. So. Because that has happened. Were you expecting anybody else?
2: So, the the document that I gave you. Lists no, the there's a, there is a
1: number. No, there's another number on my my screen. That there's a call. There I just wondered if you.
2: Um, is this okay? I would like to make one more comment, though, about the yeah. topic we were on. Oh yeah. Uh, now. Since we are on the topic about books making money and authors needing to make profit, if it's a full-time job for them, uh, let's say I was an author that was selling well, that has a lot of content out, that, you know, has multiple books out. If that was the case, I wouldn't mind putting out, say, a free book if I already had, say, 20 books or something along those lines. Something yeah. during yeah. You know, this time during the pandemic yeah. that could entertain people, but since I only have one book, it's not really something I consider an overly yeah. yeah. And well, I'm hoping I'm hoping we won't have anything like this
1: again. You know that we'll ever have to think about things like this where everybody's in the house. You know, I mean, hopefully that will not happen frequently. You know, and so uh, that's, you know, you're right, because you're right, because they do say, and I think April, you know, this too, you've heard, because there are people, you know, that write a lot of books, and they do put some
2: out free. That That is true. And under some of my other pen names, I do have some perma-free products yeah, that are yeah, out but, there. But you're right. But, when, it, but when you have one
1: or two books, no, that wouldn't, it's not. And, okay, I'm glad we mentioned this because I think that it's something we don't usually talk about is that, you know, and because you're the publisher, I wanted your opinion on that because I, I tend to agree and, you know, and I think that I sometimes look at it the wrong way, you know, and um, – I think sometimes something like this matters to talk about because people that are listening or, you know, because it's true. You know, I I end up giving a lot of free books out, which I do, and I don't mind donating them to causes. But I do think that people can buy books, you know, because they're really not that expensive in the long run it's yours and like i think josh you said it was entertainment you know and i think we all agree Kristen said that kathleen you know it's an a form of entertainment and looking at it that way is a good way
3: i completely so agree I have I mean, a,
5: a question oh i'm sorry I... go ahead josh, josh go ahead
1: yeah
3: so I, I was i was just going to say that you know if if you're willing to not right now but if you're willing to go to the movies and buy popcorn and spend 30 dollars to watch a movie for an hour and a half that's great yeah. if, if, if you're willing to spend $5 on on a book and, and get five, six, seven, eight hours of entertainment out of it and you enjoyed the book, then I don't see the problem. It, you know, It kind of goes back down to the old adage, you get what you pay for. A lot of people are going to put their books on for free and you can go buy them, but the quality of work comes down to how hard the author worked on it. And yeah. if we're yeah. charging you for it, it's because we have put the time in and we have real value in what we've done and, yeah. I don't see a problem selling my books.
1: I think yeah. that's. I think you're absolutely right. I think you're right. I I, I think you're all right about this because it's true. I, you know, it really is true. We've talked. I've. You know, people have mentioned it, uh, uh, alluding to the fact about Starbucks. You know, or or any coffee that anybody. And really, they just think nothing of that. But then they want all these authors to give it free you know, where, you know, I mean, so I'm, this show is about the publishers on and the authors, So everybody tends to agree. So this is, you know, a, a, a good way to look at it for people out there that are thinking, should my book be free? Should it not be free? Because I think people do think that.
5: Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, thank you. I have another question um, from a, a different angle of sorts. So, as a brand-new author, a completely unknown author, for whether it be the poetry or the other books coming out, um, is to get uh, me out there, my name out there, what I'm capable of doing, what my poetry is, what my writing is. And so the idea of giving some books for free in that sense, whether they're giveaways or arts or whatever, to get the reviews yeah. and and the way people, you know how it goes. You look on Amazon, and uh, people, the higher the reviews, the more likely somebody else is to buy it. So my question to the group, you know, what do you all think about reviews and, and how to go about get re- getting reviews as a way to uh, better It's hard. It's very sales. difficult. Now, it's harder than it ever was.
1: Because Amazon it, does have a habit of taking off people's reviews and uh i've heard this over and over again and the if some if Amazon thinks that you are a friend of somebody's, even if they've just been like, I, I don't do reviews, and occasionally I've done them, and they one of them they just took off. It's just someone that was on my show, but I was I read the book, so I you know I never felt it was right doing reviews because before I was a literary agent, I didn't think I should do that, and I never did. And then occasionally lately I wanted to, but then they're taking off books. And I don't taking off reviews of people, I and mean, I hear this constantly,
2: which is not fair. Well, I, think, I think what people don't realize is that writers are readers as well, and I'm sure yeah. that Joshua can attest to that, as well as Melissa and Kristen, even even you, Kathleen. That even though you're you are all authors, you also are readers, and a lot of writers are actually voracious readers. So yeah. that does make it difficult when Amazon will say, well, you know what? Kristen and Kathleen are both poets. They write in the same genre. Therefore, they cannot yeah. review each other's books, even though yeah. they may have purchased the book and read it. So yeah. it does make it difficult. Now, Amazon also owns Goodreads, and they can readers can go out to Goodreads and Provide reviews there, and next to nothing gets removed on Goodreads, even though it's owned by the same entity. So, I, I guess when, I, when I go
1: on Goodreads, this is what I do I go on and I start to do things, and I go, oh, my God, I need to leave this place now. It's <laughs> too crazy. I mean, it's like, oh, yes, yeah, somebody wants to read your book, so they're on a list. And then if you look, I've been doing this long enough to look, and like 10 years later, they never read the book. <laughs> they were just going to read the book.
2: But that's what's happening, Marsha, with, with all yeah. of these books that are, that are going out for free, so say oh, yeah. you, you take your, your book and you mark it down to free. These, yeah. you know, readers, I, I'm guilty of it. I will go out and look, oh, wow, this is free. This sounds interesting. I probably I have three books on my Kindle that yeah. I have not started reading yet. And, yeah. I mean, I think it's great that, that some people are doing this initiative but how many people are stockpiling bodies of work that may or may not be read because they are yeah. free. Yeah. So that's, yeah. that's yeah. the other caveat that you have to look at yeah. as
1: well.
2: Yeah. I mean, I like audio
1: books. I like audiobooks, you know, and uh, oh, you know, well, when I've I talked disagree. about this, you know, I love audio books. So, you know, and I I have, you know, sometimes, I, you know, I you get the book with the I think you get several a month, and so sometimes I have some that I haven't read yet. You know, I listened to yet, but and I still have extra, you know, credits. But I love that, and so I think that's a good way, you know. And they a lot of times they review people that are on audiobooks. They do make
2: reviews. Yeah,
1: they
0: do. Yeah, they do. Well, in
2: regards to audiobooks, and in an earlier question of one of the authors. Uh, I had also considered, you know, making my book free at one point to uh, kind of promote it since it was new. Uh, the thing that kind of stopped me was that I didn't have other content at that point in time to have people buy, even though my <laughs> first one was free, because I was thinking if I had at least had a second book, then my first book would be what would promote the second book. Yeah. Uh, So I would at least suggest having other content before you would have, you know, one of your books free, first one in a series, or just, you know, something of that nature. Uh, In regards to promoting work, I do write poetry and publish it free on Twitter and my website. Uh, I don't find that I get quite as many views when I just post it as poetry on picture images. Maybe I need to type it. But I do get a few more views when I record it as audio and publish net, those um, videos kind of like weird videos where I have the words on the screen and read it. So I do find I get a few more views, so it might help get readers for your actual book. Josh, do you like audio books?
3: Um, yeah, I, I'm i more of a open the book and flip through the pages kind of guy but yeah, yeah i mean for sure you know but i was excited when i found out that box would become part of you know the audio world but to be honest i i'm the old school guy i'm young i'm 35 mm-hmm. but i still like to crack open like, a book no
1: a lot of people do no a lot of people do more than people think you know and a lot of people like holding a book also or they like the kindle but a lot of people don't like audiobooks. They just don't, you know, and I, I really do like them, but a lot of people don't, you know, and I've heard that a lot. That's, you know, Kathleen, do you like them?
5: Oh, yeah, I I absolutely, um, with this accident that I alluded to, it makes it, um, unfortunately, a little challenging to read a book, even yeah. Kindle. Uh, so I listen to audiobooks. I have an Audible. Um, com subscription, and I'm constantly yeah, listening yeah. to multiple books. And yes. But I fully agree that, you know, back in the day, uh, holding the book, I love doing that. Yes. I do have a Kindle, and I do download things on that. But, it, you know, my ultimate preference would be to hold the book. And if I might put a little teeny plug in, um, we're working on a fantastic audio uh, book for the poetry. We have an amazing narrator. So that will be coming out. Great. And I think that will do the poetry tremendous justice.
1: Yeah, I think it's a good, a good thing. What about you, Kristen? Well,
2: I have mixed feelings in audiobooks, and I'll explain why. <laughs> when I'm reading a book by hand, I tend to imagine all of the characters' voices <laughs> and how they react to things. Yeah. So if I read a book first and then listen to an audiobook, it doesn't sound how I imagine it in my head. But if I yeah. listen to the audiobook first, I do enjoy it. Uh, I especially like audiobooks. That are read by the people who wrote them? If it was
1: like poetry or prose or things of that nature? Yeah. See, everybody has their own, you know. Uh, so, all right, we're almost at the end of the show. Is there anything that anybody would, wants to ask anybody? Or did anybody have anything that they wanted to read, or April?
2: Um, Does anybody want to read something out loud or share their favorite quote? This is Melissa. Hey, I actually have a question
4: for Josh because he's a brand-new author. And um, what did you think about the editing process the first time?
3: So I uh, alluded to this in a text message to Michelle. Um, I felt like it was a boot camp. Um, When I wrote (laughs) – when when I wrote Boxed In, I I, I really I really thought it was the, I thought Boxed In was the greatest novel ever written, and then I I got picked up, and I it really it really made my head big, and then I realized that it's right. not even close to ready, and um, yeah, it's it was, it's a grind, and and I I can tell you right now, and and I'll kind of echo Kate, you know this this book is not even uh, it's not even off a of flash drive without Michelle and DLG Publishing Partners, and so. Um, you know, I, I'm so grateful for everything they've done for me. I mean, it was a lot of work and a lot of arguments and a, a lot of oh, issues. Yeah. But at, at the that's end of the normal. day, you know, it's, <laughs> listen, it's a much that's normal. <laughs> right,
1: that is normal. Listen, I also with my editor. You know, there are times. You know, and I, I sometimes. I'm a wreck if he's going to read it. And, you know, but he used to be in my office. This was years ago. Uh, you know, not, there was lot, he's been doing my work for over 20 years, so he used to be in my office sometimes. And I would think that, oh, I'm going to sit down and he's going to look at my book, and I would go, okay. And then all of a sudden, I see it was, he he liked to write read it on, you know, Uh, He used to use red pen, and I would go like, "Oh my God!" When I looked at it, I'm going like, "Are you kidding me?" (laughs) All of that. It's like, but it is, and I've had so many people say the same. When they're editing, is so hard, and but at the end of the day, when you read the book and it's edited right, it makes all the difference in the world. It just does.
3: I, I can tell you that you know people read my original version, the one before I sent it to DLG, and they loved it. And again, they might be biased; they're my family, you know, close friends. Yeah. But then, but then afterward, after I after they got the galley read and after all the editing, all the changes, I mean, they, they all came to me and said, "My God, I loved it before, but it is so much better now." And yeah. that, that, again, that's, yeah. that's a testament to DLG, and also yeah. I'll be a little crass here. It's a testament, to, a testament, to me as well. But that's ten and a half months of work, and again, well, you goes did back write the book. I mean, I it is it.
1: you did write the book. That's the thing. That is the thing. That's why it brings back kind of what we were all saying before. Melissa was, you know, uh, that was a good question to ask because it's true that it's very grueling. We all know that, but at the end of the day, without it. The book is nothing you need to you know i sometimes years ago like i'd write like a page of something that i wanted to get out and i have you know i just i'm not an editor and i'm not grammar is not my thing it's just not so and then he would make it so much better and it it's really true it's still my thoughts but it's better because it you know it, it's it's edited i mean that's just all you have to have a good editor this is really an important thing even in poetry, oh, and, you can't just throw something out. Because I have, a, I have and done the, poetry.
2: And, and to, to spin off of that, Marcia, I mean, an editor's job is to go in and look at areas where there may be a gap or areas where there's you know, more description needs to be in, you know, ingrained within the manuscript. So it's the editor's job to point out these areas but it's not the editor's job to write it. And that is something that so many new writers or even readers do not realize yeah. that the editor points out these areas and helps to lead the writer. But it is the writer who does all that heavy lifting. I mean, they go back over and over.
1: Yeah, it's hard. Josh it's hard. And
2: I like and yeah. beat him up over and over again. Yeah. And, you know, I tell him, hey, Josh, you're going to need to do these edits and then do another read. And i hear, what do you mean I'm going to do another read? Right, it's like, right. we will read this a hundred times or more. And, you know, he, he, but he did it each time. And, you know, each time he was like, well, I hope I can have eyes fresh enough to take a look at it. But, again, right. the editor's job is to point things out to the writer and to help make that piece shine and polish it. But ultimately, that story is
1: coming from the brain
2: of the author. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, and, and I, I'd like
1: to so add something because you do you do screenplays also, and so uh, yes. when people do screenplays, they still need editing. So don't well, think right. you don't need editing when you do a screenplay because you have to make sure that that dialogue. I sometimes I write a lot of dialogue. Wonder why I talk all the time, but yeah, I do write a lot of dialogue, and. It, you know, that I don't like it changed too much because that's the way the people talk, you know, and so that's a whole different thing. But it still should be edited and looked over to make sure that everything makes sense because, and make sure that the person is the reader, especially in a screenplay if they're reading it, understands everything because you don't have that many much time to. Uh, you only have 120 pages at the most to make them understand that story, and sometimes you think you've said things in a screenplay that you haven't. So that still needs editing. You know, I think people just, children's books need editing. You know, um, poetry has to be, because I have a children's poetry book. Yes, that has to be, the rhythm has to be right. They have to be able to use, when you're saying it, it can't be too many breaths. I mean, so I think all of those things, Really make a book good, and you know, Definitely. so it, it, that's necessary. April, anything else you want to ask anybody or talk about before we leave? I think everybody should give their websites. I'm going to have that them do that. But anything else? You, anybody want to add? Melissa, Kristen, any questions? Kathleen. Okay. It so uh, enjoyable
5: for me to be able to. Uh, okay, good. All right. Everybody got their. Peers.
1: You know, and, and as always, I just want to say, you could everybody will give their websites and where they can get their books. But if anybody wants to be on a show, April, just let April know or let me know. And I'm always available to coordinate shows with other guests also. And April and I will be doing a show soon on different subjects with a few other authors, um, you know, about. The life of writing, I guess you could say. It's hard. This is hard. This is not easy. This is tough, but fun. You know, you really need to enjoy what you do. So, Josh, do you want to give your, you know, where they can reach you, uh, you know, your um, website, anything you want? Uh, Sure,
3: yeah. I'm I'm at uh, jdavisauthor.com. That's my website, and jdavisauthor is my Facebook And uh, I I look forward to uh, people reaching out. I appreciate you having me on the show. I really do.
1: Oh, thank you so much. It was great meeting you. Okay, Uh, Melissa, (laughs) I I promise Uh, you that I'll know exactly who you are every time. (laughs) (laughs) Well, um, yeah,
4: they can reach me on Facebook um, under my pen name for the Paranormal Romance. Um, It's um, author Mina Ray, M-I-N-A-R-A-Y-E. Um, for my Safa and new adult stuff, um, it's Mel C. Riddell. And they can also reach me on Twitter at Mel C. Riddell.
1: And uh, Kathleen? Uh,
5: my website is www.kbepoetri.com. And then my Instagram account is at Poetry. And the same with my Facebook page is at Poetry. And thank you again. You, so much that's for a good idea. You know
1: what? That's a really good idea to add poetry, Is that, because then they know what you do right off the bat. Yes. That's interesting yes. thank to you. do that. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Um, Kristen?
2: Hi. You can reach me through Facebook. You can also reach me through my website, which is Kristen P. Adela Garza www.weebly.com and you can also reach me through the DLG Publishing Partners website. I run a blog there and I'd also like to say thank you for having me
1: on. Oh, it's great meeting you. And uh, let's see, April?
2: Um, April, whoever you are. You've got a lot of things
1: out. So tell people where they can find you beside your publishing company. Well,
2: I wanted to stress that all of the, the authors who spoke today, if you go to the DLGpublishingpartners.com website and go to authors, you can find the respective um, authors listed under um, the website there. So if you're looking for Kristen Delagarza, you can look under these and locate her as well as Josh Davis. So definitely again, if you're interested in seeing what these individuals have out there, some great bodies of work, you can find them on Amazon or through the DLG Publishing Partners site. My Some of my content is out there as well under Michelle L. De La Garza and April A. Luna. Anything else you
1: wanted to add or before we go? Um, I, well, I should add. You can find me in MarciaCasperCook.com or MichiganAvenueMedia.com. And uh, anytime you have a question or want to, you know, just message me on Facebook and, um, or I, I'm all over the place everywhere. And, uh, you know, and I, I put, uh, you know, because April said, you said, yeah, I, I put, I have all these groups yeah. that I'm in. And, you know, the bad thing about a lot of these groups is they do get mad if you place things, you know. But so I try very hard to write it in public places and not the private ones you know, so they can see. But I want to add one thing. I think everybody that is listening, we all need shares. You know, I myself go down and like, 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 but I think the sharing really matters. It's so hard, and Facebook has made it very difficult in a lot of ways. They do not share, or sometimes even if you mark share, but I think it's, Getting to be where people don't even want to put things on there. I mean, I'm on there a lot, but then I look at it and I go, like, wait, I just put that on and then it it didn't go anywhere. So you know, I I myself do not go back and check everything that I've done at the end, you know, of the day to see what I've been on and shared and whatever. But uh, April, you know, this is a change now that you don't know, right? I mean, is that true? Do you find that that you can't sometimes you you may have posted something and it's not there.
2: So I have had that occur from time to time. Uh, for instance, today I was in the queue working and received a notification on that Facebook through the notification system that I needed to approve some people. So I, I went into a Facebook group to approve some people, approve some posts, thinking that it was one of mine, and I was. Actually assigned to a completely different group because the individual um, decided that she was no longer going to run the group, and I, I guess I was the next in line to take over that. Oh, well, maybe that's why I get so I do get some
1: like that too, where I have to approve. I'm going like I don't even know what group this is, so why am I approving it? But I guess maybe that's why. I, I mean, there are a lot of groups out there. I, I, there are really. Literally thousands well, I totally of groups. We
2: see notifications, so that that's one of the biggest things. So some of my authors, I actually have to physically go out to their Facebook group to be able to see yeah. their notifications. Now on yeah. Instagram, I do receive notifications quite regularly when Kristen yeah, or yeah, Instagram Katea, right. You Melissa, see a lot more, or, right?
1: I know. I don't know the answer to that, but you're right. I don't know because that's what you said today. Uh, I don't know why they do that. Because, but I just think that it's really hard for people to get their work shared these days. You know, it really is. It was much easier when I started this 10 years ago. It was much easier. People were sharing. It was very different.
4: And now and it's really the hard.
2: The sheer number yeah. of people on Facebook right now with the I different place, yes. the bandwidth, yeah. It's, yeah. it's going to make it harder to be able to see some shares, even though you may receive notification of somebody's. there are so many people out there posting that it kind of gets lost in, you know, yeah, in that Yeah, I, I guess so. I know.
1: But it was great having everybody on, and I wish you all luck. And as I said before, you. if you need any help, let me know. And, April, I'm sure I will be talking to you again soon. I will talk to you soon. <laughs> yeah, okay.
2: Since we <laughs> never sleep.
1: Since time. we never sleep, we're constantly <laughs> out there. Thank, thank you
2: Bye. so much for having Right. then everybody
1: take what take care and stay well and hopefully we'll all be well and that's all i can thank say you. all right <laughs> take care thank bye you. Bye. you too thank you bye. all bye. thanks bye it is ryan here and i have a question for you what do you do when you win